Welcome to Olu's File Podcast, where I discuss the subjects of management, leadership, strategy, and marketing, and public policy from my unusual diverse practice experience across industries such as telecoms, financial services, consumer goods, manufacturing, healthcare, and non-profits. This podcast is about practice experience that is grounded in solid theory to raise the standards of our strategy, management, marketing, and leadership practice. Enjoy. Welcome to part two of um, the very exciting topic of our last podcast, which was uh, which is titled Innovation Challenge in Traditional Farms. Uh, last edition, last podcast, part one, we discussed up to the cause or the cause of uh, efficiency, postal efficiency in traditional farms and its unintended consequences. Uh, we are going to be treating, looking at further diagnostics of the challenge of uh, innovation in traditional farms, uh, looking at the other two sub, the other two big issues today, and we're also going to look at the solutions in terms of solving those three big problems which were identified uh, in terms of the challenge of innovation in traditional in traditional farms. Uh, remember that we identified the cost or the cost of efficiency uh, pursuit and its unintended consequence, uh, marketing myopia and the challenge of uh, legacy asset being anchor uh, for innovation uh, in, in, in traditional companies which works for incremental innovation but not, does not work for uh, disruptive innovation. So we will be looking at the other two big subject areas of challenge today in this podcast and we are going to look at complete set of solutions to solve those three big problems of innovation challenge in traditional companies. Welcome to part two of the podcast. Now, let's go to the second reason why traditional farms struggle to innovate, which is marketing myopia. Marketing myopia, please listen to my podcast. I've treated this some podcast, uh, some four or five podcasts away. I spent a whole session, a whole podcast on this marketing myopia. So, this is just a summary to learn about marketing myopia. But I'll just summarize the key issues of marketing myopia very quickly. Please, Please listen to that podcast on marketing myopia, why organizations struggle. Uh, in terms of marketing myopia. Marketing myopia was defined by Tudor Levitt in his famous Harvard Business Classics as when firms define their business by their products rather than their, their, by their customer needs. And the example that he gave at the time were the railroad companies in the US that did not recognize that the automobile companies, the, motor, the automobiles, the car companies were their competitors. The railroad companies in the U.S. at the time, they defined their business, they said we were in railroad, railroad business. They did not recognize that they were in transportation business. And because they did define their business with, with short-sightedly, with, with a myopia of their market, they, they were eventually they lost significantly a whole lot of opportunities for their growth to the growth of the automobile, automobile industry because of the way they defined their business. They said they were in railroad business rather than they're recognizing that they were in transportation business. So, this marketing myopia we also saw in the case of Alitalia, which I described as the first case when we started the podcast. Alitalia is closing down because the domestic market has been taken over by ice trains. And what has happened? The journey from Rome to Milan that people used to that 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 people used to do by 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 air in those early days of normal rail, 
um, it, it has become more efficient to go by short high-speed trains. And you land, you, you, dis, you, you start your journey within the city, and you end within the city from one end to the other. If you want to go by air, you have to drive aside town to the airport. You have to do boarding time. And you have to fly and come out of the airport. So it has become so shorter by a feature because of the technology of high-speed trains to travel between Rome and Milan, this is 400 kilometers, rather than, rather than by go by, 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 by the way most people have done the trip, which is by air. And therefore, the Alitalia lost its domestic market to high-speed trains, and therefore it's closing down. So it's another. It's, so Alitalia is a contemporary case of what of, of what Chodo Levy described in his other business review classic as marketing myopia. Now, in my podcast, which uh, which is uh, if you go back into my podcast, I advise you to do that so I can see more, more detail. I gave eight reasons in my podcast of marketing myopia why. What why marketing myopia happens in organizations and what can be done about it? I will just give a, a quick summary of five. Just a quick summary. The details of the flesh again. I advise you get to my podcast. That podcast of marketing myopia. Why marketing myopia happens in in organizations and what can be done about it? I will give five reasons. I'll just give. A, I'll just talk on about five reasons. Talk quickly about it, but get more details in my podcast. Uh, um, so among the eight reasons that I give, I give five. Five reasons. One of five reasons why organizations struggle market myopia. Why market myopia happens in organization. Number one, and why traditional firms struggle to innovate, which is the topic we are treating today. A market myopia problem. Why they don't innovate, and they struggle to innovate large traditional firms. Number one reason is that when large traditional firms are held hostage by their previous good success, it creates a market myopia problem. And eventually leads them to a struggle to innovate and compete in the market, especially with agile, nimble upstarts. Number two reasons why market myopia happens in large traditional farms and the struggle to innovate is inside-out thinking rather than outside-in thinking. Let me explain. Inside-out thinking is about this is our product and these are these are processes. The customer must fit itself into what we do. Outside in thinking is about what is the need of the customer or the market. How do we design our internal processes to fit the need of the customer in the market? So traditional firms tend to do, especially as they become successful and they become complacent, traditional firms tend to do more inside-out thinking rather than outside-in thinking. Number three, in terms of why marketing myopia happens in organizations, is number three reason is the willful blindness of leaders and managers. The selective focus on metrics of performance that reinforce their sense of invisibility while ignoring others. Number four is when traditional firms, when traditional firms lose a sense of purpose of their business. When traditional firms lose a sense of purpose of their business, over time they become successful, they forget the real reason for being. And when this happens, it largely begins to affect their capability to innovate in terms of understanding their, <laughs> the need of their customers and innovate. And it creates a market myopia problem. They lose a sense of purpose of their business. Number five, in, in terms of the causes of market myopia, why, what, why it happens organization is groupthink and lack of diversity in the management team. So again, please go to my podcast and get more details. Now, the third reason why traditional firms struggle to innovate 
we've looked at number one as the cost or the cost of efficiency orientation and its unintended consequences number two is marketing myopia and the third reason why traditional companies struggle to innovate struggle with innovation uh, what is this is legacy systems as anchor for innovation which tends to be good for incremental innovation but are not good for radical disruptive innovation i wish you can see my slide that i'm talking through legacy systems of traditional funds become their anchor for innovation imagine drilling companies to a drilling company all problem of hanging things on the wall will be defined by about how to find sharper and more powerful drills because their drilling technology is the uh, is the anchor for their innovation let me repeat that for a drilling company all hanging problems are about how to find sharper and more powerful drills because the departure point for their innovation is their legacy asset their legacy system their legacy technology compare that with the company that invented the plastic hook whereas the drilling companies were making more powerful drills the plastic the company that invented the plastic hook taught from first principle and invented a simple solution that probably cost maybe less than five percent of the cost of a drill a plastic hook with a glue at the back that you can stick on the wall and it's as powerful and you can hang whatever you want to hang in the kitchen in those in those places rather than getting a powerful drill that will cost maybe what 20 30 times more more than the cost of a simple plastic hook the plastic hook is an example of what is called first principle solution which has been described like been, uh, been exposed largely by by Elon Musk, for example first principle thinking is about thinking about asking that given the technology that we have today which may not necessarily have to be within your organization and the ecosystem and all that is happening in the ecosystem if you are to solve a customer problem and we understand it correctly how do we think fresh how do we define original innovative solutions to solve customer problems in a fresh way that is devoid of our legacy thinking or our legacy asset and that's the only way in which the company that invested invented the plastic hood taught solve the problem of, of hanging things on the wall in the kitchen different from a drilling company that that whose departure for innovation is always, always going to be about the drilling technology of the farm. So, first legacy systems as anchor for innovation is a major problem of innovation in large traditional farms. They do not large traditional farms do not practice what is called first principle thinking, first principle solution because their legacy as their legacy as asset is a major anchor, a major constraint, a major blinker. A major mahopia to their capability to innovate and see the world in a different way. So, by getting to the end of the podcast, what are the solutions for fixing the innovation challenge in traditional companies? Now, we're going to look again at Microsoft, and I titled this section of the podcast How Microsoft Got Its Groove Back. Satya, we saw that Microsoft's talk was flat. For about five years, and Satya Nadella, Satya Nadella took over as CEO in 2014. And since Satya Nadella took over in 2014, Microsoft's stock has quadrupled between 2014 and 2019. So it must be doing certain things right in, in terms of the new leadership of Microsoft, how Microsoft has been managed over the last five years or so. And Microsoft is a classic example of the reinvention of a traditional firm that has been struggling to innovate back to 
powerful innovation trajectory. Satya Nadella wrote a book which I recommend. His book is titled Hit Fresh, the quest to, re- to the quest to rediscover Microsoft's soul and imagine a better future for everyone. These lessons in the book, and some of these I also talk about relating to what I've described in terms of my learning, it's not just about Microsoft. It applies to all large traditional firms, telecom companies, banks, media companies, how we need to find a new path, a way to reinvent ourselves to go back to strong innovation. There are several lessons from Microsoft in terms of the reinvention of a traditional company back to strong innovation based on the book and some of my learning, which I will, I will talk about shortly. Please come with me. Several lessons in terms of the reinvention of, 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 of Microsoft, in terms of learning from, several lessons from Microsoft, the reinvention of a traditional company back to strong innovation. What did Microsoft do? Number one, rediscover the discovery of purpose. Microsoft rediscovered its purpose. The title of the book by Satya Nadella is titled The Quest to Rediscover Microsoft's Soul and Imagine a Better Future for Everyone. So, in terms of the lessons, in terms of how a traditional company can get back to your life from Microsoft is to discover your purpose, something bigger than your organization itself and your profit that you can connect to, that can open you up your view and vision of innovation. Microsoft defined itself, rediscovered its purpose and redefined its purpose as an enabler of a better future for everyone. So a great purpose is a great enabler of great innovation. So look at yourself. If you're a lot of traditional firms and you are struggling with innovation, you have probably lost your fundamental reason for being. Get back to your purpose. What's the fundamental reason? Why do you exist? What problems are you ex- supposed to solve the market? Because without great purpose, it may be very difficult to innovate. Number two, in terms of learning from Microsoft, from, uh, from, from its obsession with customer needs before own products. I talked about the, the frame of mind, the frame of thinking of traditional finance and marketing myopia. They do more inside-out thinking rather than outside thinking. Obsession with customer needs, which Satya Nadella talks a lot about in that book, is about outside thinking. What's the need of the customer? Then how do we design the solutions and our processes and our products to fit the need of the customer rather than the other way? Number three is detach from legacy anchor. This is my own words. In the case of Microsoft, in terms of learning, Microsoft redefined, it detached from its legacy anchor business of Windows. Windows is still there, but Microsoft under Satya Nadella defined its business in terms of a major focus, in terms of future as mobility and cloud rather than Windows. Windows are the legacy anchor business of Microsoft. So one of the great things that the CEO of Microsoft have done is to detach the business from its legacy anchor, which was the window business. Number four, build empathy and collaborative culture instead of silos and fiefdoms, uh, which are the unintended consequences of the, the in terms of institutional rigidity of traditional farms. Culture is a big issue why traditional farms struggle to innovate. And this is these are some of the things that um, that um, this issue of culture, um, Satya Nadella sp- has spoken about it several times and is discussed extensively in that book. Build empathy and a collaborative culture instead of the silos and fear of them. Traditional firms, if you look at them, you are usually operating in silos 
and their empires within organizations. And this will be a major reason why traditional farms, without collaboration, bringing all the assets of an organization together to work together to solve customer problems, it's impossible for it will be impossible for large traditional farms to innovate in a very big way and respond to the needs of their market. Number five, it's our learn for Microsoft is agile teams in the model of nimble startups. So agile teams like small startups within large entrepreneurial farms in several dimensions so that you can have your own startups within your own large farms. So agile organization, agile teams in the model of large traditional farms that are nimble like startup organizations working within those traditional farms. That's one of the things in terms of learning from Microsoft. Number six is the courage to kill or reallocate resources from losing business models. One of the things that Satya Nadella did coming in was to kill the Nokia business which they acquired. Then refocus the business back from its legacy window to mobility and cloud and enterprise business, which is the business of the future. And the courage to kill or reallocate business from losing business model is not an easy one to do if you're a leader. Because there are a whole lot of institutional, institutional orientation, institutional problem, politics that will want to hold you down from reallocating resources from your legacy. So these are courageous things which Microsoft has done. But not one, it can't be one person. It will be the, the leadership team of Microsoft. Number seven in terms of learning from Microsoft is, is diversity. Now, Satya Nadella, being, being an Indian, someone without the background of Spigate or Steve Balmer, uh, is a manifestation of how Microsoft has managed diversity well. For someone like Satya Nadella, who grew up in India, to become the CEO of, my, of Microsoft shows a major, a major successful management of groupthink and diversity orientation in Microsoft. Now, remember that when we discuss marketing myopia as a problem of innovation, groupthink, when you are all the same kind of people, you're all white men, you're all men in your organization, you all have the same background. You went to the same type of school. You all came from the same type of industry. Then you all tend to see the world with the same type of lens. There's no alternative view of the world for innovation. And therefore, the issue of managing diversity uh, is very critical in terms of how you solve for the problem of, of, of innovation challenge in large traditional farms. That's something we can learn from Microsoft in terms of how Microsoft reinvented itself back to strong innovation. Now, we are concluding at this last section. We discussed marketing myopia to solve the problem. We discussed um, with a lot of Microsoft, Microsoft cases touches on, on legacy and core issues and marketing myopia in terms of learning. So let's go back to the cost or the cost of efficiency and its unintended consequences. And how will traditional traditional firms deal with this problem of the unintended consequences of pursuit of efficiency? in terms of why they struggle for innovation. I will propose four ways from literature and from my learning. Number one, top organization leadership and their board must be conscious of this problem of the unintended consequence of efficiency orientation. How do you, how do you ensure that your efficiency orientation does not kill your radical experimentation program at the top leadership and board level of your organization? Leaders must be comfortable with ambiguity and paradoxical thinking. They must not be people who are either or thinkers. You must be able to hold out, must be able to drive both efficiency and experimentation at the same time and be comfortable with the ambiguity of managing the two at the same time. The problem is that many leaders in many large firms 
are linear thinkers. They are either or thinkers. They cannot manage the ambiguity of all the efficiency and exploration thinking together at the same time. And therefore, they may not be the kind of leaders that are suited to lead organizations of today if they need to reinvent themselves, by traditional firms back to the path of innovation. Number two is that performance management system, performance role management system must balance short and long-term thinking. It must recognize that experiments and experimental initiatives cannot be measured by the linear incremental efficiency metric of equipment business. If you measure the performance of your experimental businesses or your people in experimental businesses with the way you measure the short-term deliverables and the metrics of your incumbent efficiency business, you will end up saying that your experimental business is not working. And what you end up doing is that your good talents will run from your experimental business. Essentially, you are killing the future of your organization. Number, number, number three is that performance management system must also foster the collaborative non-silo culture that is needed to transform the organization. If the way you design your performance metric does not recognize the need for collaboration, does not foster collaboration, then you eventually will not get the whole of your organization to collaborate and work together. That collaborative culture that is needed to innovate in a very agile way and solve customer problems. Number four, in terms of managing the cost, the cost, the unintended consequence of the pursuit of efficiency in large traditional firms and why the struggle to innovate is that we must move, must reinvent to agile, modular organizational structure. Like startups, the kind of ways in which Microsoft did it. Like startups with a flexible technology backbone to support it. We must revert to agile modular organizational structure like startups with a flexible technology backbone to support it. Not a technology backbone that is reinforcing institutional silos and institutional rigidity. Agile modular organizational structure. How do you create several startups within the context of a large firm? It is possible because that is what firms like Microsoft are doing today. So that brings me to the end of this very seminal and innovative and interesting podcast. Um, we have discussed issues that are largely at the intersection of organizational sociology, organizational behavior, strategy, and innovation. And the combination of these issues in terms of their intersections are not things we are going to f- you find everywhere. So this is, a go- this is a very innovative podcast. This is a very important podcast if you're a leader to reflect deeply, especially if you're a leader of a traditional firm in terms of why are you struggling to innovate? If you don't understand the fundamental issues at the intersection of your organizational sociology, organizational behavior, innovation and strategy, and deal with it, you will make perpetually strong to innovate and you will have fundamental existential crisis. So that makes me to the end of this podcast. Um, I hope you've had a very good time and you have a very good learning. Please share this podcast with as many leaders as possible from across the world because the issues we have discussed uh, are, are, are applicable to anywhere in the world. From We have discussed cases of General Electric, Alitalia, Microsoft. Uh, we've tried to apply it even to our local context within Africa. Uh, if you are running a large traditional farm within Africa, the cases still are also applied to you. Please share it. This is about our collective learning. On, until another time, when I I get back on my podcast to discuss interesting experiences and learning in terms of innovation, strategy, marketing, management, and leadership. Have a good time and be the best version of yourself. Thank you.